The sparrows not worried about tomorrow or the troubles to come. The lilies not thinking about the seasons, the drought or the flood. The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I be? Cause you take good care of me. Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. I hope you guys are having an awesome day, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I have some exciting news. It is not only is it Friday, well, it's almost Friday, but it is Thursday. How exciting is that? I know about you, but that is one step closer to a weekend and one step closer and celebrating with each other and having an awesome time and getting, uh, just being able to uh, uh, build memories. It's interesting because today it was a very interesting day. And I before we start off, I want to take a moment and it's important to, after you listen to this podcast or during this podcast, if you have your significant other, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or if you don't have neither of those, to give your parents a hug. If your parents are still alive and and um, if your kids are there, just give them a hug because you never know what's going to happen. Things can happen in a blink of an eye. I always think of this when... If I were to have my own kids, how think of the devastation it would be to my heart if two police officers showed up at my door and they said, do you have a moment? And they tell me that your son or daughter, my son or daughter, was deceased. Or if they would decide to join the military and two service members went up to my door and right away I'd just be absolutely heartbroken. See life life continues and it is absolutely heartbreaking when lives are taken and that's why part of this month we have to be thankful for each and every single one of our friends we have to be we have to be gracious and we have to be just excited for them and we just have to show our love and our mercy unto them because they're not they're not going to be there forever. I'm not going to be here forever. Because we're all going to pass away one day. It's only a matter of time. God might call us home sooner than later or who knows. But that's why as time continues on, I also think it's important that we spend time is the best time. Like spending time with each other. Growing the quality time making sure that 
we get as much memory as we can. Because it's those things that we remember compared to the memories of just temporarily. We'll never remember those times. I mean, I mean, let's think about it. And so with this in mind, we're we're still we're still talking about uh, the gratitude and talking about the four shared tables. And we're gonna be just talking about like the shared tables and letting being hospitality onto each other and showing careness. When things do arise, what does it mean when things happen? You know, so with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you just come here and that we can just be here with open hearts to have an opportunity to glorify you, to praise you, and to remember what you did on the cross, Lord. Lord, I just pray for the time that you have given us, Lord, because time is so important, Lord. I pray that we can take each and every single second that we have, that you have given us, to glorify you and to bring others unto Christ, because you're an awesome God. May you guide us and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So if you have your Bibles open, we are in 1 Peter chapter 4. And it states, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in the lewdness, lust, and drunkenness, river, uh, um, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In, regarding, or in regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dispensation. Speaking evil of you, they will give an account to, um, to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who were dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God, to God in the spirit. So what does it mean? Well, I absolutely love what 1 Peter chapter 4 talks about and what Peter is referring to because a lot of people don't realize what Jesus endured. Jesus endured persecution that we've never, ever seen on the, on the face of the earth. After all, he did hang on the cross and with heavy hearts and we put our sins, put, a, put him up there. <coughs> Excuse me. And I also find it to be interesting that so many of us are afraid to take upon the cross of Jesus. I mean, we are, are we not? 
I think it's interesting how so many of our friends say, you know what, I will be there right by your side. Or, you know what, I, I know your pain. And I can feel you. But do you really know their pain that they're going through? I mean, let's think about it. Do you honestly know what they have truly gone through? I don't think so. And that's a very, very scary situation to be in. I also don't think that people really understand the gravity of the persecution that we don't understand because we live in a nation that has been coddled. We live in a nation where we don't have to go underground for churches. We don't live in a nation where you don't know if you're going to be shut down. You don't know if you're going to be arrested for speaking out about God. We don't. But we're getting there. Mark my words. We are getting there. And I believe that's because we have said no to God as a nation. I mean, after all, we are supporting terrorists, which is absolutely mind-blowing and mind-boggling. I would have never expected that in my lifetime. But <clears throat> it's also interesting because when we face the troubles of God, when we face the endurance, we should take it on as a praise. Because it's like this. Before you accepted Jesus Christ, and before you even found a great group of friends, you never had a target on your back. Satan didn't want to touch you because he knew that he was yours. But the moment that you realized something was off, you said to yourself, huh, something doesn't seem right. Or who is this God that heals? And who is this God that people are so happy about? Who is he? I want that. That's the moment that we then put a target on our back and Satan puts a target on you and your family, and everyone that he loves. And he will go at it until he, it, he will break you down. And we have. I have had that done before me as well, where I thought I was a Christian. I thought I was strong in my faith. I thought I was doing everything right. But then God said, you know what, Sanson, you're too comfortable. And see, that's the thing that is hard as Christians. See, we all go through different storms of life. We all go through different trials. We all go through different tribulations. None of it is all the same because it's how we act and how we interact and how we cope through it. And who do we lean on to? Do we lean on, do we lean on to our own selves so we can handle it through and say, no, God, I can do this by myself. I don't need friends. I don't need people. I don't want people knowing about my addiction, heavens forbid. Or I don't want people knowing that I'm an alcoholic behind closed doors so because I don't want to lose them. Because we do have people in this day and age where they can surround themselves with a great group of Christian friends, great brothers and sisters in Christ. But they're absolutely embarrassed because they know that when they speak out about certain things, they know that they're not they're going to be condemned probably. But see, that's the thing that we have a bad stereotype on. That's the bad thing that Christians have a stereotype on. And the moment that we start like maybe speaking the truth, we know the moment that we open up to our brother and sister and say, you know what, can I speak to you about something? And they're like, yeah, of course, of course. I'm struggling. I need prayer. Oh, what are you struggling about? Well, I'm going through maybe a porn addiction or I'm going through alcoholism. 
And you'd be surprised, 9 out of the 10, you mention any of those, the true addictions that you're going through, it's like a deer in the headlight look. It is. I mean, they do have a deer in the headlight look. Because they don't know how to react. And then they're like, oh yeah, well, I absolutely pray with you. And then they distance themselves away from you. And that is a major, major issue. Because that's not true. When we open ourselves up to our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're supposed to open ourselves up as if we love them and we care for them. That's what we are. And when somebody opens up about something like such a serious thing, we're supposed to be alongside with them. Because after all, you might be struggling with the same thing. And you might be embarrassed to tell that you're going through it. And that's why when we also go through the storms, it's so important to really count on your brother and sister in Christ. I More if you're a guy, to count your brothers in Christ as prayer warriors. It's so important and so vital. You know, and that's why we continue on in verse 7. I think I elaborated. I didn't elaborate. I really wanted to hone in on that one. But in verse 7, we continue to talk about, but the end of all things is at the hand. Therefore, be serious and be watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Amen and amen. I absolutely love that. That we are supposed to truly love. At, like love. Love is such a heavy word that we use for. It's got so many meanings. And when we love our brother and sister in Christ, when I say I love you to my friends, that means I mean that means when I say I love them, that means I can count upon them for guidance. I can go to them anytime. Now we have used the word love as saying, well, you have to be forcibly accepting of our ideology. That's how decrepit our term love has become. And it's become so saturated that it really doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, love, it's interesting because love also has a, a twisted meaning by saying, you know, I just want to sleep with you and that's it. I love you in order to sleep with you. That's also a very, actually very sick and vile way of thinking. We shouldn't be thinking that way in any way, in any sense. Because we should love our neighbors. We should love them. And also, another term of love that I find out to be interesting is you love your neighbor because you want to be there for them. You want to be there when they give you the bad news. You want to be there when you cry so that they can cry on your shoulder. You want to be there. You don't want to be gone. You want to be there when they call you at 2 in the morning or they call you at 11 o'clock at night and tell you, hey, you know what, I, I'm struggling. Or, you know what, my wife just left me. So it's what you do during that situation. You know, and it's a lot hard and it's easier said than done. That is the key phrase I want to hone in on that. It's a lot easier said than done. That's why I like to use the term, I like you. You know, in a relationship, I will use that term, I like you, because I don't know what love is. 
We don't know actually truly mean what love is. We know that love means in biblical terms that we are going to be obedient unto God, number one. And then we also know that love, we want to don't want we don't want to disappoint. That's a big thing that I want to also reach out. Disappointment is the biggest thing that it will hurt us all. And that's the thing I don't I don't get mad at my friends. When they do something, I don't get mad. I don't get frustrated. I don't get anything. I don't I mean I do get they show frustration and stuff. But I get disappointed. And that is the hardest thing to be. And so in verse 10, or in verse 9, be hospital or be hospital to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as a good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak of the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And amen. And we also continue on to talk about the suffering that, you know what, we're going to suffer for God's glory. In verse 12, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when you glory in his when with his when his glory is revealed you may also be glad with exceeding joy if you are reapproached for the name of christ blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of god rests upon you and there be part on their part he is blaspheming but on your part he is glorified but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, or an evildoer, or a busybody in or in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. In this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, in verse 18, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where would the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Amen. Amen. And along with suffering, that is just a love. When we truly say that we love God and we're going to be able to like obey him, we have to bear people not liking us. Maybe you have to bear people not liking you at work. Are you going to get a little bit jealous? Are you going to get frustrated when your coworkers stop hanging out with you? Maybe those co-workers were not your true friends. Maybe those co-workers didn't really, they were not looking for your best interest. 
And I like to say this, when you let a worldly friend go, you gain twofold. When you let a worldly friend go, you go to a church and you find a great group of uh, people to attend Bible study with, and those people become your lifelong friends. Those individuals become mentors. Those individuals at church become people that you can call you can call upon anytime. Those group of friends and those group of mentors, it doesn't matter what age, are the people that are willing to suffer with you because they have endured the suffering of the world. Because how awesome is this? While they think that they don't have to face judgment, they don't have to face judgment now, but one day they will face judgment. One day they will see the wrath of God. One day. And it's interesting, I like how people say this. I can I can try to escape it. Well, I can try to be my own God, then I don't have to face the wrath. Or I can make up my religion. I can say that I'm reincarnated. First of all, God created you because he loves you. He's brought wonderful people in your life because he wants you to be careful. He wants you, and God brings you people in your life to tell you, hey, no, 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 no. You're going the wrong direction. Let me help you get on the right direction. See, I love that. And every it doesn't matter at all. Because when you have those kind of people in your life that enter for a short time in a, in a season, those individuals love you so much that they're willing to do anything for you. They might have planted a seed. And when they plant a seed, they did their part on upon God. Now it's up to you to do with that seed. Do you squelch it? Do you allow it to maybe ponder on it and allow it to grow and you then develop a relationship with God? Or do you just let it sit there and do, I don't know what, with it or something like that? But either way, there's a purpose to life. There's a purpose when friends come in come in by. I, I can't explain to you how many people I've met across my lifetime that only met for a few short minutes. It could be a couple minutes, and they're still my lifelong friends. And they could be on the other, and they are on the other side of the country. And when we meet, it's like we never left. How awesome is that? And that is the true definition of loving your friend and loving God. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in the reverence of you, Lord. We're so blessed to be called your children, Lord. And I just pray that you can watch over our hearts as we end the night, Lord. As we enter the weekend, I pray that we can just be protective. And I pray that people open their hearts of thankfulness. They open their hearts of gratitude. So may you guide us and protect us, O Lord, as we continue on the path that you set before us, so that when we cross that finish on, Lord, we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have an awesome day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.
not gonna be afraid Cause these waves are only waves I'm not gonna be afraid No, I'm not gonna be afraid 